0: Who are the ones to watch next season? Which teams are on the up and up and which teams might be on the decline? We're going to go through both conferences and see which teams are worth keeping an eye on and which ones might be best forgotten by the wayside. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at L O underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But more than anything, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode was brought to you by FanDuel, sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash Locked On right now to get started. Now, like I said at the top of this episode, we're going to focus on a couple of topics. But the main one that I want to focus on, the main theme of tonight's show, is the 2023-2024 ones to watch. Now, this is going to be exploring teams that, I think are worth keeping an eye on either for positive or maybe not so positive reasons. And let's start off with the Eastern conference, because I feel like this one is kind of the one that most people expect every year to be, you know, one of these Stanley cup champion uh, conferences, right? This is one of the strongest conferences out there. They've got, you know, tons of great teams. And while the West has certainly caught up and, you know, had Vegas win this past season, The last few years, it's really been Eastern Conference heavy when it comes to which team is hoisting the cup at the end of it. Uh, We've had a number of really successful franchises come out of here, especially as of late, which, you know, in the salary cap era is difficult to keep together. But, you know, one way or another, the East has really risen to the, the, the cream of the crop. And it starts off with a couple of really interesting teams that I think are worth keeping an eye on because it's not really clear what their status is. That first team that I think is worth watching is the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, Tampa Bay is one of those teams that is a perennial playoff contender. But, you know, the past couple of years, we've started to see maybe some diminishing returns on their ability to go really deep. Obviously, that core is still very strong. You know, Stamkos, Kucherov, uh, Vasilevsky, Hedman. But there are signs of cracks starting to show. This team is getting up there in years. The Lightning aren't really able to replace uh, a lot of the talent that's departed. And it feels like, you know, the the front office maybe hasn't been nearly as astute or as able to kind of plug in the gaps. I feel like, you know, Iserman, when he was managing things, just kind of did all that he could to maximize the roster. And it felt like he was a good fit for where the organization was. The new management team, I have not really been as impressed with. And some of their depth signings, again, not really a big fan of. Uh, And with Vasilevsky, Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, Sergachev, all of these guys, you know, either aging out or, you know, in Sergachev's case, he's just not like the elite number one kind of player. You do sort of wonder what happens with Tampa's roster over the next few seasons. I think this year they'll still be pretty good, but I have a hard time seeing them making it all the way to the cup finals. Maybe they rebound and have a really strong season, but I feel like this Lightning team, I think we've kind of seen the best of their day. But maybe they really surprise us and do something huge. Another team that I think is worth keeping an eye out for is Carolina, because the Canes just constantly keep tweaking things, but I don't know if it's really tweaking in the right ways. It feels like they draft a lot of really talented players, but they don't often graduate them to the next level. It feels like they have a really strong roster in the postseason, and yet somehow all the regular season success doesn't really seem to amount to much when they're ousted early in the playoffs. It didn't happen this past year. felt like they finally were able to make a deeper run, but ultimately, you know, with all of the injuries and stuff that they've incurred, they just felt a bit short once it actually came to the postseason. Um, Carolina always seems like a team that's pretty well run. I feel like some of their recent roster moves I haven't loved, there's rumors of the Tony, Tony D'Angelo return. You've got Brendan Lemieux signing. So, yeah, a very strange team that feels like it doesn't know how to take the next step. And maybe that is why they're very intriguing to keep an eye on because they're a very strong team. But that next level for them to reach hasn't really been there yet. I think in terms of the teams that I'm mostly thinking are going to be really strong, I've got eyes for the Rangers, and I also feel like Boston's going to come back, you know, uh, probably strong, probably a really good team. I can't guarantee it, but I get the sense that, you know, all told, the Bruins should be really good. I also feel like we're going to see Toronto have a pretty strong season. I know that they're just sort of running it back, but I mean, in terms of teams that are worth keeping an eye on out east, you know, Toronto is just perennially a really strong opponent and a team that could be a huge menace. Uh, I don't know if that it'll actually result in more than one playoff round win, but at least they've cleared that first hurdle. Now it's figuring out whether or not Nylander is actually coming back, or if you know they're starting to think about uh, you know making a few trades and maybe swapping some parts out. Because as it is right now with the firing of Dubas, it feels like they haven't really done a lot. Now the last team that I think is worth really keeping an eye on and one that maybe has gone a little bit under the radar just because on the surface there's there's not really been major changes that I think uh, you, would, you would be inclined to believe that they're significantly better. But I look at the Washington Capitals, and I wonder if Spencer Carberry is going to be able to turn that team into a playoff contender again. I don't think tactics have been the only issue with Washington. Injuries really ravaged that roster last year. But assuming they have a healthier year, Assuming they start to get more mileage out of Connor McMichael and maybe even have a few other prospects graduate, what will this Caps team look like? That I'm very interested to see. Washington has always been one of those really annoying squads when it comes to the postseason. Maybe this is the year that they start to look a little stronger because obviously Ovi doesn't have much time left in his career. Uh, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, um, Oshie, a lot of these guys have been you know missing time due to injury or are just getting older. And with Washington having made its bed for the cup, it won. Obviously you're not really asking for much more, but if you're the caps, maybe you're feeling like this year or the next might be one of your two last big shots. So maybe Washington does something really big and surprises all of us, but so far they've kept it kind of quiet. We'll see how they handle this upcoming season, but they might be a sleeper out East for a team that surprises some folks. If they make the playoffs, Now, that's just the eastern side of things. On the west, I feel like there's actually a lot more movement, and the west might become this year's much stronger conference. We'll dive into why in just a little bit, but before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are one of the only pants out there that makes you look good and feel good when you wear them. They've got plenty of pants that are made of very uh, breathable, anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric, keeping you cool and dry all day long. They've also got materials that stretch and form fit you so that not only do you feel good, you look good. It, it's been described as something like Lululemon, but you know what? It fits even better and makes you feel super awesome because it's got great stretching movement. It keeps you comfortable and it looks like khaki. So you'll have a material that looks, you know, reasonably professional, keeps you feeling good, but doesn't have any of the stuffy stiffness of more business oriented clothes. And they've got shorts. They've got long pants. Tons of styles for you to choose from. Bird Dogs wants to make you as comfortable and good looking as possible. And best of all, this is actually a great time to place an order because you'll have some great freebies. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL at checkout for a free Yeti style Tumblr with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or promo code locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, I promise you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. We're just talking about next season and some teams that are worth keeping an eye on for either positive or negative reasons. I haven't gotten through all of the teams that I think are really worth spotlighting. But I thought I'd shift focus, you know, a little bit from the East uh, and also talk about the West, because I feel like the West might have had some of the biggest movement. Now, out West, you know, L.A. for me might be one of the teams that has the biggest room for growth this season, because um, the addition of Pierre-Luc Dubois gives them considerable depth down the middle. And while Velarde and Ayafalo uh, moving on are actually losses, I do feel like, you know, LA internally has some interesting prospects and players that they're trying to create space for to help them graduate to the next level and clear out some cap space. Overall, I feel like the Kings um, have done a good job of consolidating contracts, even though I do wonder if all that they spent for Dubois is going to end up being worth it. I know that Dubois himself has said that he's very excited to join the Kings and that he wants to Quote, end quote, be himself or something like that. But all that said, you know, at the end of the day, he has a lot to live up to. And if he is to kind of become Kopitar's number two in charge, I feel like LA really needs Dubois to hit another level. But assuming he does, assuming they also get league average goaltending and that some of the prospects that they've drafted start to filter into the roster and uh, occupy some of that top nine space. L.A. could be a team that's going to be a huge pain in the butt. They are a squad that's, you know, flirted with the playoffs and had a couple of appearances recently, but, you know, it hasn't really translated into very deep runs. Will they have a deep run this season? I don't think so, but I think that they're a very sneaky, underrated squad and one that continues to add talent and, you know, as Byfield really continues to mature and grow, he could be one of those game-breaking pieces that starts to cement L.A. as one of the new threats again of the West. I also think Colorado will be back with a vengeance after having had a, a very injury riddled start last year. Landis Skog, of course, I, we don't even know if Landis is ever going to play again. You know, his injuries have sounded pretty serious. And from some of the post-surgery stuff, the rumors don't seem to be super positive. So, you know, Colorado probably understands that right now things are a little bit in a chaotic way. But, you know, swapping a new hook out and bringing in that guy from Tampa that uh, for some reason I'm blanking on his name right now. um, I think Colorado is doing a good job of balancing roster needs while also capitalizing and starting to, you know, stockpile assets for the future. I think the Avs know that, you know, even though they've got McCarr and McKinnon and Ronson and then some of these other guys, You look at that roster and you realize they're actually starting to get a little bit older. It's not as young of a team as it used to be. And so it might be time, you know, longer term after the next couple of seasons to think about the future. So if the abs start to falter this year, I do kind of wonder if they maybe look at moving some players, right? Uh, The Nachushkin situation, still a very fluid one. Uh, we don't really know what's going to happen with him, if he has any legal ramifications or repercussions. He was supposed to be one of their big contributors, and already that looks to be kind of in jeopardy. But I think this Avs team, all the same, is still going to be a really difficult opponent in the Central. And even if they have a slow start, you just know that eventually Colorado does seem to catch up. And you know, while they weren't exactly as fortunate this last playoff run, they could be a real threat this year. I'm also gonna put the Jets up there as ones to watch. I know that this is a Jets podcast, but I feel like with the addition of Velardi, Ayafalo, and Kupari, this team has considerably more depth than it did with just Dubois alone. I feel like there have been enough improvements in the top nine to potentially give the Jets three pretty decent lines to roll. And with Wheeler now out of the picture and guys like Profetti, Ealers, and you know, companies starting to get more minutes. Maybe this team actually makes more noises here. I don't know that I'm going to put, you know, the house on it necessarily, but it feels like this team might have better balance. And if that's the case, Winnipeg could be a team that really surprises people, especially if they still keep Hellebuck and Shifley in tow. Now, the last team that I think is worth talking about in terms of the West before we take a brief pause and maybe circle back to a few other teams are the Dallas Stars. Dallas has added Matt Duchesne, which I think is not exactly a small addition. Matt will certainly give them more depth down the middle. And, you know, with Robertson having done a lot of the offensive carrying for this team, Duchesne adds um, a pretty solid two-way presence down the middle, which is not something that traditionally you associated with Matt's game, but he has seemingly learned a lot since he joined the, uh, the Preds. Whether that's going to mean that he's not actually as offensively involved is, is tough to say, but I feel like, you know, at his age, he is kind of on the downslope of things. But for this, the this Stars team, which seemingly gives older players new life, maybe he'll fit right in, you know, 32 or so uh, joining the, the the Stars after having been spurned by Nashville. Maybe this is kind of the time where he gets a bit of a new lease on life and shows off why at one point he was such a highly touted scorer, but of course, there are more teams that I think are worth keeping an eye on. We'll talk about some of the teams that I think are are maybe going to be in the headlines for not great reasons in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Take your first swing at MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose <clears throat> that's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Obviously I'm an Orioles fan. Uh, a lot of you are probably Jays or even twins fans. You know, maybe this is the year that you think Toronto is going to make a run in the AL East. Maybe you want to bet on the number of homers. Vlad Guerrero is going to hit, or maybe you just want to bet on the next world series winner, bet the O's and you might just end up being in luck. I'm, I'm just kidding. I promise. I promise. I'm not gonna sell the O's any more than I already have. No matter what, though, you need a good place to bet, and you can do so all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use when you go with FanDuel. And best of all, when you win, you get paid instantly. That's uh, you know, obviously instant gratification, and we all love getting our money as quickly as possible. So there's no better place to bet MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of On Winnipeg Jets, part of the On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for returning for these final thoughts on our uh, once-to-watch thoughts for teams that are maybe interesting to keep an eye on. I've talked mostly about positive things with a lot of teams. Now I kind of want to focus on the squads that might be making headlines for not being all that great. Um, The one that I really kind of circle to is the Ottawa Senators. I have no idea what the Sens are doing. Uh, The Dubrinkat trade that they just had with Kubalik and, you know, some kind of mediocre picks heading back the other way just felt like they basically got robbed in broad daylight for a player who, look, maybe didn't fit in with the sense, maybe wasn't going to resign, but surely had to bring more than that really mediocre package. Hearing Dorian talk about Kubalik as um, having had like seven less goals than at this year, I feel like is not exactly the most ringing endorsement for a win on that trade. I suspect Ottawa kind of knows that they maybe got hosed a little bit. Maybe they were just being desperate. I don't know. The Sens are very strange in that I feel like they do a lot of things to try and improve the roster, but it feels like there's always something where whatever it is that they're lacking, it's like one of the most important pieces, whether they have really bad goaltending or something else. It's just a weird team. So I feel like the Sens are going to have another season where Stutzla might take a really big step forward, but the rest of the team might not be so great. Another squad that I think is certainly on the way uh, downwards is the Philadelphia Flyers. Not really a shock. I I think we all know that Philly is in full rebuild mode. It'd be nice to get Sandheim out of there. But, you know, the Flyers under Briere seem to be kind of taking a bit of a scorched earth policy. And uh, we don't even know if Sean Couturier is going to play again this year. He has not played in a couple of years at this rate. So, yeah, not, not looking so great for their forward forward ranks, or for the blue line. Another team that could take a bit of a step back uh, is is the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, that roster does not look great right now. Crosby and Malkin are getting older. And, you know, Pittsburgh, for as much as they're trying to salvage the situation, I really feel like they have kind of made the most of what they can out of these final years of Crosby's contract. I think, uh, or not just his contract, but really his career. I think you can only go back to the well so many times, and it feels like maybe Pittsburgh has kind of tapped it out. I think they've sort of maxed the credit card. I think they've done about as much as they can, and this is sort of where, you know, maybe they finally run out of gas. They've had a heck of a run. I think that they've really come a long way, but beyond that, you know, maybe this is where it's time to start thinking about the future of the Pens rather than the present. I'll talk about one West team while I'm at it. I think the St. Louis Blues are going to have a rough season. St. Louis doesn't seem like it's really improved all that much. And while they're trying to swap out contracts and move some salary, things just don't really seem like they're improving in a great direction. I know that St. Louis won the cup a couple of years ago. So obviously, you know, you can't really feel too sorry for them. And I certainly don't, especially as a Jets fan. But uh, I think Blues fans are probably... Bracing themselves for, again, you know, kind of a weird retooling process. They're sort of stuck in limbo. I guess I don't really know what the Blues' long-term vision is. They've they've tried to stay younger but still competitive. I don't know if that's necessarily going to work for them, but maybe they find a way to grab some contracts and some players who could be uh, really big impact players. Verana, I know, has fit in so far. Maybe he becomes a centerpiece of their offense. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just... It feels like they keep trying to make improvements, but they end up staying relatively in the same vicinity of of kind of middling play. But, hey, you never know. The NHL is a crazy place. Maybe they have a massive season. I want to know which teams you're keeping an eye on this year, though, for either positive or negative reasons. Drop your ones to watch in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here tomorrow. As always, go Jets go.